Hi there and welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello, welcome to the ESPN Footy Pod. We're back for another week. We are right into the pointy end of the AFLW final series and we cannot wait to chat a little bit about our last qualifying final and the upcoming prelims. So before we crack into that chat, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lordanik, and Marnie Vinyl. Marnie, it was a big game on the weekend, but I feel like these upcoming games are the real kind of talking point and the real exciting thing. But let's quickly review that Brisbane-Collingwood game. It was the Lions by 50 points, 70 to 20. We know why the result kind of panned out the way it did, but how did you see the game? Yeah, I think going into it, we were even chatting just on the day about how we just really hoped it wasn't a blowout because I feel like everyone just assumed that Brisbane had it over Collingwood. Just looking at the two sides at the end of the home and away season, I think that most people would have had uh, Brisbane as getting this, but then with Collingwood just having COVID rip through their camp, it was just, yeah, I, I did feel sorry for them. You know, I'm just even five minutes into the game, their coach said that he could just tell that they weren't up to scratch and they just didn't have it uh, in them. But all credit to them, honestly, the resilience they showed, they're so gutsy. They never looked like they were going to give up or, you know, stop putting in as much effort as they possibly could throughout the entire game. So absolutely credit to Collingwood. And they've been depleted um, and by injuries all season. So to see them play in a qualifying final, I think it was... It was good. Um, but yeah, my goodness, Brisbane, 50 points. They are looking so damaging. Brisbane are looking so strong. And just across the board, they've got so many contributors for goal. O'Dwyer and Conway on the wing. I, I reckon they're the two best wingers of the comp. They are just incredible. They've got such a solid defense and they're such a quick team. I I can see them going back to back. Well, we will talk about that um, upcoming, but my goodness, they look so impressive at the start of this game. The only thing I would note is that at the very start, they started the game with three behinds that were very much gettable goals. And so it did seem like they potentially had a bit of nerves and were a little bit jittery going up against Melbourne in the prelim. Uh, I, I don't feel like they could afford to have that. They would need to be composed the entire time. But a, a really good game, even so. I think looking at the scoreboard, you can be like, okay, well, Brisbane won by 50 points. That mustn't have been a very exciting game. But it definitely was a very exciting game to watch throughout. I had a great time. How did you find it? I think we, we spoke about it, obviously, last week and it really just kind of unfolded exactly as we all expected. And I was thinking about it in terms of, you know, rewind right back to the start of the season and how all the talk was the this season is going to be basically survival of the fittest. And mm. I think there was almost an assumption, a collective assumption that we got through those COVID outbreaks in the start of the season. And, you know, you saw like the dogs were really impacted mm. by it. Obviously the Perth clubs were over here for a couple of weeks. And then I think there was maybe a collective sort of idea that, okay, we've had our COVID outbreaks and now everything's going to be fine. So just the timing of this outbreak for Collingwood, it's just the most unfortunate. And I 
it really does suck that that's how their season has had to end. So in a lot of ways, there's you got to give them a lot of credit for the fact that they mm. were able to put out a team that they did run out, that they did play this qualifying final because there was always the option that they could have forfeited or maybe had to forfeit because of the way things go down. So the fact that we even had a game is a win, but I'm sure Collingwood will be yeah. just devastated that this is the way it's gone down and this is the way it's unfolded. I agree mm. with you, though, like Brisbane looking good. My point, my sticking point, I suppose, and it's something that you've brought up a lot during the year, 10-10 was their yeah. score and just that inaccurate kicking. If they convert, you know, or, yeah, translate some of those behinds into goals, maybe we do enter blowout territory or bigger blowout territory than what we're currently at. So as you said, I'm hoping that they can tighten it up for their own back-to-back aspirations because 10-10, it really could have been a lot bigger than it was. But you mentioned Ola O'Dwyer. She was sensational 19 disposals the goal 329 meters gained ridiculous stats and I also love that she was able to have her mum and sister fly over from Ireland and actually get to watch her that was a really awesome story and I hope we get to see more of that because I bet there's players across the league who haven't been able to see family for a while so it was awesome to see for Orla that she was able to turn it on with her nearest and dearest in the crowd but as we said it was it, it was a f- an entertaining game to watch, but there really was just that big COVID cloud sort of hanging over the result. Luckily, at this stage, our prelims appear to be perfect, scot-free, no COVID zones. I oh, my really God, hope- touch all wood. Was gonna- <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> We're recording on a Thursday evening. I think if there had been a COVID outbreak, we would have known about it by no, now. No, but- <laughs> stop. I'm so- okay, if... If I ruin the prelims, I will leave this podcast. It'll be fine. But let's talk about these prelims. They were already huge games. They're naturally huge games because they're prelims. But we've got, obviously, Brisbane and Melbourne at the MCG and then Adelaide and Fremantle at Adelaide Oval. So let's preview these two games just a little bit. We'll start with the Brisbane-Melbourne game because that is up first on Saturday afternoon. You said you like the look of Brisbane, but how do you see them coming up against Melbourne? Oh, I'm, I don't think I've been more excited for an AFLW game than I am for this Brizzy Lions prelim. One, because it's at the G, which we will talk about at the end, and there's all the significance to do with that. But these two teams, I love, I just, I can't wait to see their game styles go up um, head to head. They are both so fast they're so quick around the ground they've got you know those mobile forwards that can really just get a lot of speed and those are the most exciting goals goals on the run are just so thrilling and to have it at the g means that there's they'll have so much space to utilize it might come down to fitness because i i there's so much more running that's going to be involved in that huge ground um and I assume, well, I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of end-to-end footy, just I can see it turnovers happening quite quickly. And so it's just going to be a lot of running for both sides. It could come down to the fitter side on the day because Brisbane are coming off this win 
50-point win and they've got a lot of momentum from that. I mean, it was just so awesome to see how excited they were. Of course, we'd a prelim, but they were cheering, yelling like, we're going to be at the G. My heart. um it's a lot it's so it's just so exciting so they've got all that momentum and all that enthusiasm to really push them through it as Melbourne haven't played in what two weeks now and they're coming off the back of that one point win from Carlton which feels like five months ago that that game happened um and we've talked about this before on the pod but they came off that game kind of like okay well they, they just needed to finish that last game for their home and away season they just needed to like get it done they weren't super ecstatic after that they weren't yelling about finals or anything like that I think they really wanted a bigger win for percentage to help them become minor premiers which they didn't get so it's two very different last games for these two sides before they actually meet I wonder how much that will actually impact on the game and the last time that these two teams did meet Melbourne won the game with that huge second half comeback if you can I can't remember what round it was but Again, it feels like years ago that that game happened, but that was when Brisbane had all of those games in short succession. So they did run out of legs in the second half of that game just because they had so many games back-to-back in that, you know, crazy COVID fixture that we were dealing with. And Melbourne did uh, run away with the win. It'll be interesting to see how it matches up this time. What are your thoughts? I feel like I've just thrown a bit out there. No, I... I have lots of thoughts, but no real conclusions. You mentioned the mobile forward. So in my head, I'm Mm. like, does this mean shootout or are we going to see both of the defences really take centre stage and goals are going to be at a Mm. premium, obviously, with the added pressure of the final as well? I don't know which end of the spectrum we're going to be at. I feel like there's no in-between, though, with these two sides almost. We're either going to have goals galore or they're going to be absolutely priceless. Um. I love that you mentioned the last time these teams met. There was a couple of stats in, you know, the previews that are coming out. The Ds have beaten Brisbane in their last four meetings. The last... Oh, um, I didn't know that. The last few have been very, very close, like the last two less than a goal. And both mm-hmm. of those games have had Greta Bodie after the siren trying to win the game. So there is a part yeah. <laughs> of me for the narrative that would really love, I I can't envision a world where for the third time Greta oh Bodie. God, poor Greta Bodie, <laughs> imagine. But it all comes my, down to a kick after the siren by Greta Bodie. In, in my head, the narrative, if for some reason lightning strikes for a third time in this very specific circumstance, Greta Bodie kicks the goal because it's a third time lucky situation and all of that stuff. But I'm very much expecting close contest. Yeah. Um, really going to be interested to see how the teams match up. Like I said, i I don't know if they're going to focus on shutting down each other's forward lines or putting the trust in their own forward lines to simply score more goals than the other team, which Mm. is the main objective here. But as you said, the whole fact that we're at the G is going to be so exciting. We are going to talk about it a little bit later because that's our handy point. We have some thoughts and feelings about that. You wrote a whole lovely piece about it. So we'll get to that bit in a moment. We need to preview the other prelim final though so Adelaide and Frio neither side played last week Adelaide also had the two-week bye because of everything that has been going on 
what are you what are your thoughts and feelings when it comes to this crow's dockers prelim my first feelings is that I'm incredibly annoyed that there's not an hour break between the games because like the fans that will be watching one prelim I'm going to assume want to watch both prelims I feel like a lot of people are going to miss the first quarter of the Adelaide games that are at um, you know the Melbourne Brisbane game um, vice versa the Adelaide game they'll miss the last quarter it, it's just there's two finals on surely they could have scheduled it so that we could all watch both in their full in saying that I'm not envious of the people that are in charge of the AFLW fixture especially with the COVID and the delays I'm very thankful to them but it is frustrating that we can't actually watch both in their entireties it's going to be like rushing home from the G to watch this Adelaide game so I guess that's my not impressed for the week um Adelaide Frio another huge huge game I feel like going into it Adelaide are clear favorites have only lost one game the entire season that was that Western Bulldogs game um, in Adelaide where Western Bulldogs beat them by one point Frio on the other hand have won seven three so they've lost three games in that home and away season and climbing from fifth spot on the ladder to verse the first like minor premiers it it feels a little unbalanced in saying that I'm expecting a close game. I'm expecting it to be incredibly high pressure, very clean skills, potentially a bit even chaotic, which I am pretty excited about. Last time they met, they didn't have Aaron Phillips or Kiara Bowers. So having those two plays back might really change how this game looks. Again, with the Melbourne-Brisbane game, I if, even more so with this one, I'm not expecting it to be as high scoring because I really can see their defence just causing turnover after turnover, which means that all the goals will be incredibly crucial and hopefully very exciting. They've got you know, Ebony Antonio on one end, Aaron Phillips on the other. I'm really excited. I just hope it's not a blowout, but I'm really excited. The one thing I think that could nip both these teams, again, is kicking accuracy. Adelaide have had a shocking kicking inaccuracy problem all season. I think their last game that they played, it was, what, 7-11? That is not ideal. And that could really be their Achilles heel when it comes to this game. Do you have similar thoughts on that? I do. I really do think it's going to be just, we know that both of these sides are high pressure teams. That's mm. how they work. That's what they thrive in. That's part of their game plan. So the fact that they're going to basically collide in this game pleases me immensely because I feel like it's going to be one of those games where, you know, it comes to a quarter time break or something and you're like, oh, I've been sitting hunched on the edge of my seat for 20 minutes. I can relax now and breathe because it's just going to be that sort of ferocious high intensity Mm. kind of contest I'm really really keen like you mentioned to see what the inclusions for Frio do compared to the last time they met because at their best these are two very very good sides and by the looks of it there's nothing that's going to um 
put an asterisk or kind of create any sort of caveats like, oh, this person was missing or blah, 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 blah. So it feels like you're Just touch wood again. Just in case. Stop saying that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be as unjinxy as I can, but it's obviously not working. If any big players go down last minute, I know exactly who to blame. I'm very scared now. You're going to yell at me. But no, I just, I feel like everything is set at the moment, touch wood, for a really high intensity contest. And it's going to be so, so fabulous to watch. I'm really, really keen to see how they go about it. Adelaide won, as you said, during the season. Adelaide have a good record over Frio. It comes down, again, the the buy and how much this extended break is going to play a role. Technically it's, you know, it is a factor for all four teams. They've had different, not the the final series they probably expected, but for the Crows in particular, I wonder just how much either momentum they've lost or what they're going to gain by having had this little break and potentially getting everyone refreshed. So I think it's going to be a, a cracking contest. I think Adelaide Oval is going to be very, very full. I think, you know, because the, the good people of Adelaide, they love their crows. They love turning up yeah. to, to watch them, at, particularly at Adelaide Oval. So I think we're going to have two phenomenal prelim finals. What are your tips for these two games? Adelaide. I ha- That's definitely Adelaide. I keep yo-yoing with Melbourne Brisbane. I feel like... It would ask me 10 minutes before the game starts and it would be a completely different mm-hmm. answer. I feel like Brisbane are the stronger side, mm. but Melbourne, especially to have it at the G where I'm going to say mostly the crowd will be going for Melbourne mm-hmm. and whether that would just really buoy them and give them that extra kind of oomph that could get them over the line. Also, it's just such a good storyline for Melbourne <laughs> to mm-hmm. get it and, for, you know, have like Daisy Pierce in a grand final. I, I think I want Melbourne in the grand final, but that answer could change. I'm, I'm so wishy-washy with that game. I want them both to win and that's the worst answer. I just want everyone to have a good time. What's, what's the yours? <laughs> I think I agree with you in the certainty of Adelaide. Like I feel pretty comfy about that. And I think I agree with you that when I go to do my tips, probably once we finish recording, I will look at the ESPN footy tips app and I will just think to myself, um, 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 I don't know if you're (laughs) I don't know if you remember, there was a really old school, I think it was a four and 20 ad. And the guy was like, he had a footy in one hand and a pie in the other. And he was like, footy, pie, footy, pie. That's me, basically. Brisbane, Melbourne. And I'm not going to be able to decide. And then I'm going to accidentally bite the footy as per the ad. I think I'm going to tip Melbourne just because. No, No explanations, just... That's what I've decided. (laughs) That's it. We're going with that. Well, I love Adelaide. I don't think that is a surprise, but I've really wanted it to be in Melbourne, Brisbane grand final. And I think it, you know, a Melbourne, Brisbane grand final would have been awesome, but it's not happening. 
we get Can't out. always get your way, unfortunately. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, exciting. Very exciting. Both games are on Saturday at the big stadiums. And would recommend getting down. Especially because I am 80% sure that the tickets are free at Adelaide as well. So they're free across the board. Don't even have to get out your wallet except for your ice cold Bevo. Maybe a nice hot pie. Get down. They're going to be such great and exciting. And I can imagine the atmosphere at both are just going to be incredible. If you're on the fence about going, just do it. I, I cannot, you know, support or emphasise what you've just said anymore. Well, I was going to say, I actually kind of do know who I'll be supporting at that Melbourne-Brisbane game because my mum is coming. She's flying up from Bathurst and she messaged me about what colours she needs to pack and uh-huh. I told her to pack red and blue. Well, well, well. So I, I do know the answer to my question that I'm still <laughs> on the fence about your subconscious has revealed exactly where where you mm. want this game to go but mm. the talk of these prelims is a very good segue into this week's handy point which is about the fact that this Melbourne Brisbane prelim is at the G obviously it's very cool that the Adelaide Frio game is at Adelaide Oval we've had games at Adelaide Oval before that grand final was phenomenal I still remember watching it on my phone on the train and seeing Erin Phillips do her knee which was not my favorite part of that day but I remember it very vividly these games at these big stadiums mean something they Mm. are so important they they just have a whole different aura to your regular games and I know that a lot of people love the old school suburban vibe and they are fantastic there's you never have a bad time basically at these suburban games they're always always fantastic but there's just something about the fact that women's footy will be back at the G and for the first time under the AFLW banner which is so fantastic so wonderful you wrote a really really beautiful piece about it for ESPN so talk to me a little bit about women's footy at the G that's so lovely of you. Thank you. Um, to be fair, Marissa and I were talking um, and the idea for the piece originally came out of her brain and she handballed it to me. So credit where credit is due, my it's friend. team effort. It's team effort. Yeah. Um, but I really did just try and just try to sit with how significant this game at the MCG is and why. I think there are a lot of different components to this because everyone has a personal connection to that stadium. Well, not every person, but, you you know, a lot of people, especially that um, are in the AFL world um, and fandom have a special connection to that stadium in one way or another. There's the historic element of this is the biggest stage and it's been the biggest stage for so long and there's so much history and story that goes into the fabric of that stadium and playing at that stadium. And then also the recognition that just housing the game, having the game at that stage, what that recognition means and what it means to all of us um to the players and to the coaches and to all of the staff but also to the community so I think there's a bit to um unpack with that but as soon as it was announced 
the I could just feel the excitement and the significance of it. It was just so palpable to me. You know, across Twitter, fans were absolutely straight away calling to fill the G and then everyone could imagine themselves at that stadium watching, you know, these two incredible teams going head to head. And I think it could have been any two teams going head to head. I think it's awesome. It's Melbourne and it's Brisbane, but any teams um, could have been at that G and the significance still would have been massive and huge and everyone would have been super excited. Um, And I wrote, you know, it's not just that it is this incredibly shiny stadium that is really good to watch sport it's a great stadium to be at you know the food contentious sometimes I don't know I feel like it's, it's dipped a little um no credit to all the staff that work at the MCG I know you're dealing with stuff shortages at the moment I don't mean to um dig on you sorry food's great um but it's not just that it's this you know really shiny stadium but it's recognition of the spectacle of the women's game and then the passion that comes with it for so many so it's recognizing that the game deserves to be played at a stage and all the fans get to watch their game at well on the biggest stage because I think one of the main arguments um, against women playing at the G is that they need to earn it which and there's a lot of misogyny there that would take an entire episode to unpack but there's this idea that they need to earn it or they need to build the crowds first or whatever it is but women haven't just started playing football and crowds haven't just started wanting to watch women play it's the female football has been boxed out of opportunities and resources and the support for it to develop and to thrive uh, recorded history of women playing goes back to the very early 20th century Prior to that, because we know that the game was developed for Manbrook, the traditional game of um, the traditional owners of the land. So I'm going to say that it's not the first, you know, it wasn't just the 20th century that women started playing, but that's, um, that, you know, is recorded. And then in 2013, there was an exhibition match between the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne at the G. Uh, And so many like uh, players that we now know, that AFLW stars were in that game, which is really cool just to look back at history and just the story of the game. It, it really warms my heart. Um, you know, Daisy Pierce was there, Steph Giocchi, Ellie Blackburn, Karen Paxman, Emma Carney, just so many. And then, so, but despite, you know, this history of women's football, it wasn't until 2017 that a semi-professional football league in Australia was actually developed. And since then, the game is just exponentially grown and the passion has grown and the support has grown and the skills have improved and the ratings have risen. I mean, the biggest crowd that A4W has was, just trying to get the exact number. I know it was in the 50,000s. Damn, I don't have the number on me, but it was, um, yeah, above 50,000 and that was at Adelaide Oval. So there's clearly a passion for it and and the women can deliver in such a, because what sport is entertainment, they can deliver deliver that. They're entertaining all of these fans. And so to have it at the G with all this history backing it, it, it's just recognition that the women's game exists and it has a right to exist and it has a right for us. I know that, Marissa, you and I talk a lot um, about legitimacy as well when it comes to, the women's game, um, us, you know, reporting on it 
um, but also just being fans of it. It's never treated the same, our work that we do and our passion for it as um, men's sport. I, I'm constantly asked what my involvement is with the AFLW and yes, it is part of my job, but no one ever asked me what my involvement is with the men's game. You know, I can go to a social event and talk for hours about Essendon's midfield and no one bats an eye because that's just how people speak in Victoria. But, you know, the other day I went into an event and someone asked me what was up with with Collingwood and this was a few weeks ago and I was like, men are women's. She's like, oh, women's. And then I explained the COVID and the postponing of the finals and what have you and someone just goes, oh, are you a player? Because the assumption that I would know that much, how else would I know and why would I care so much um, unless I was a player and that just never happens with the men so having this game at the G and what is recognized as the largest platform for the men to play having the women playing on it gives legitimacy to the players and the competition but also for us as fans of the game I feel like I've spoken quite quite a lot no. I kind of just wanted to unpack that but because I know that we flesh a lot of these things out together so mm. no and there were only two things that I wanted ex- wanted to expand upon and obviously would very much recommend reading Marnie's piece on espn.com.au gotta get your plugs in um, <laughs> but there were the two things that I just wanted to expand upon the 2013 exhibition games and I think there were a couple more in the press uh the following years as well mm. not all of them were at the g there was you know the big one at witten oval there was one at dockland so they've been all over the place but just that 2013 one the names you mentioned just this full circle moment for some of these mm. players yeah. your, your daisies and your paxies in particular obviously where they were playing this game for the love of it there was no indication that they would have a future in this game quite like what we're actually currently living in. So for them to be able to run out again in those Melbourne jumpers, but for a spot in the grand final of the league that has existed for a few years, unbelievable. Not to toot my own horn, I've given myself goosebumps just thinking about that full circle moment. I'm going to start crying. It's such a great story for these players and I hope more players get to experience that because we know that the current crop of players have toiled and tried so hard to be footballers when the world was like, no, actually, you can't be footballers. Mm. You're women. So I really hope more and more players get to experience that moment of running out however many years ago it was. 2013 was nine years ago now. So I really hope more (laughs) and more players get to have that moment of running out in their current club's jumpers and just experience the G with everything that has happened since they first ran out onto it. So that's one thing that really excites me and makes me really happy. The other thing was just that concept of legitimacy and validation. Mm. It's not just AFLW, if I can zoom out and offer a soccer context because of who I am Um, as a person. What's soccer? Code wars. Um, No. (laughs) But just, and also like, you know, the fill the G hashtag, it made me think of the women's T20 cricket final where they wanted to fill up the MCG and having women play cricket on the MCG. Incredible. Recently we had Barcelona, a 
huge juggernaut in, you know, women's and men's football. Their stadium is historic and famous and storied and their women got 91,000 people this week to a Champions League game against Real Madrid. That rivalry is so huge in the men's. It's developing in the women's and it's just this global movement of validating women's sports existence and letting them into these stadiums and playing letting them play and giving them this validation and legitimacy of existence where you know these these players have grown up idolizing these clubs going to these stadiums watching men get to play that thing and now they're getting to play on it as well and it's so it's just such a cool moment like I don't know I wish I had something more eloquent to say than it's so cool but it (laughs) it is it's this incredible moment for women kind of no matter what sport you're playing or where in the world you are there are movements and moments happening where all of a sudden these stadiums which were just kind of far off dreams for all these players are now their places of work where they get to play these sports so it's just it's going to be awesome for the players, obviously, it's going to be awesome for fans. I really hope there's a big crowd. I'm I'm not expecting a, a hundred thousand at the G, but I I just the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I'm I'm thinking and I'm hoping we get maybe a similar vibe to that first ever game at Icon Park and just mm-hmm. the atmosphere and the buzz that was there on that day because that was incredible. That's one of my all-time favorite sporting memories and I'm really hoping we can get something similar at the G on Saturday because I just think it's it's too important a moment in the kind of history of the game as a whole to not be celebrated as such basically. From my understanding Melbourne men's are coming to watch how funny would it be if they were late and they were the 2000 2000, and they were the people that were locked out because it was filled that would, I, I mean, imagine a lockout at the MCG, first of all. Incredible, <laughs> incredible, like, mental image there. But it would ma- also just, yes. Also, I do want them there, by the way. I just think it would be funny. I absolutely 100% <laughs> am so excited to see, like, Max Gorn just, like, yelling at the field. Like, I'm so there for that. I And it's it's such a dumb, small thing, but it's like, yes, men's teams supporting their women's team. <laughs> Great concept. Love it. Think more people should do it. If scheduling allows that, which I encourage it should, yeah. um, it's going to be also, awesome. Melbourne are playing uh, in the men's. Melbourne are playing Essendon on Friday night, so they're going to be feeling really sad come Saturday morning, so they'll need the pick-me-up. <laughs> Your entire bomber's <laughs> nuffery is showing right then. Um, but I also, what you were saying made me think um, about and. So Libby Birch wrote um, an op-ed earlier in the year about why AFLW finals should be played at the MCG. Um, that was for the age and it was awesome and I do recommend going and reading it. But one quote that I'll pull out is, every football lover remembers seeing their favourite team run out onto the famous MCG. It is the beating heart of the sport and the place where fans gather to celebrate the titans of the game. And the idea for many that I'm taking out of that is, is that people can watch their favorite heroes at the G because for a lot of people, their favorite heroes are these female and, you know, gender non-conforming footballers. 
And so it, it's so important for them to make memories for themselves and for their families and for their own hearts to, to watch these players. I know personally, and heart back to that episode we did a bit before about how it can sport can feel unsafe sometimes for women. And we talked about it being people that work in sports, but also as a fan, it, the, the MCG is my absolute favorite place in the entire world I'm not just being hyperbolic because of this episode it absolutely is I remember I caught up with um a old friend that I hadn't seen seven years at the start of 2020 and he was like what's your favorite place that you've ever been to and you know we were kind of talking about all these different places that we've traveled in the world and I was like no the answer is easy it's the MCG like the MCG is my absolute favorite I know that makes me such a gross sport fan and a bit of a bogan but whatever MCG is my favorite place in the world but there are times where it's felt unsafe um you know things have happened um and also things have happened to people that I know and friends just being in the in the crowd and the idea that the and I I don't want to put too much pressure on this like you know women's game I know the women's game has problems for some people and it's not just idyllic and absolutely perfect in absolutely every way but it does feel like a safer place for a lot of people and a lot of fans and so to be able to go to the MCG knowing you are just in a safe and welcoming community that you are absolutely just going to have a good time makes me really happy there's just there's so much to love about this game and this thing this whole section has been about the kind of intangible off-field stuff we're also going to be treated to a really good game of footy like (laughs) it's it's the whole pack like everything is going to be fantastic jinx be damned I think everything's going to be fantastic on this Saturday stop bringing it up (laughs) I swear to god but no, it's it's just going to be a great day. As we've said, if you are in Melbourne with nothing to do on Saturday, get on down. If you have things to do, cancel them. Go to the G. It'll be great. Like, it's going to be phenomenal. So we can't wait to get down to this game. We can't wait to watch it. And we cannot wait to talk about the results of these two prelims next week because we have a grand final very, very shortly. It's, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it either, but it's going to be fantastic. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week. See you with the G. Listen to all the latest episodes by subscribing to the ESPN Footy Pod wherever you get your podcasts.